Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Father-Son Packers podcast, your source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. My name is Tommy, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my dad, Matt. Dad, how are you doing? All right, here we are again. Here we are again after a win, Dad. Back to back. Don't call it a win streak. Two in a row. (laughs) Dad, the Packers won on Thanksgiving. I know. They, you know, so the what is it? The 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 Gibbous Moon is undefeated against the the Lions on Thanksgiving. The best joke I saw was Aaron Rodgers has to be so pissed that Packers fans started worshiping the Moon after he left. That was the <laughs> that was the best tweet I, I saw of the that. day. It was so funny. But anyway, for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, Packers win on Thanksgiving twenty nine to twenty twenty nine to twenty two against the Detroit Lions in Detroit on a short week. With a boatload of injuries, arguably maybe the most impressive win of the Matt LaFleur era. They were almost nine-point underdogs. I mean, to win by over a touchdown, and to be honest, it was not as close as that. They were up by multiple scores almost the entire game. Super impressive. We're going to break it all down here for you today. Uh, And if you didn't know, the Lions, the moon thing is because the Lions have never won on Thanksgiving with a uh, waxing gibbous moon. Waxing gibbous moon. Fun little Freakonomics-esque stat there for you. Uh, but before we get into everything about this game, about how exciting it is, Packers 5 and 6, they're kind of still alive in the playoff picture, sort of. Um, before we do that, though, just wanted to pitch a couple of things. If you like what you hear here today, come give us a follow on Twitter, at FatherSonPacker. We tweet out when we have new episodes, articles we find interesting, pieces of stats that we find interesting when we do our research for these shows, Videos we find interesting, Packers news, etc. Everything you need, one-stop shopping for Titletown. And then come subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We even put all our episodes out on YouTube, so you can subscribe to us there. It would really help our numbers. But Dad, how are you feeling after this win? I know it's been a couple days now. We had some plans over, you know, the Thanksgiving. And so we weren't able to get an episode out right after like we would have hoped. But better late than never. And we hope you can still listen to this as you're watching maybe some less exciting games tomorrow as we record Saturday night. But, Dad, how did some you feel after this win? unimportant games because the Packers aren't playing. Exactly. But, Dad, how did you feel? Relax. Um, it was like, and our, our playoff, it's like, we could talk playoffs again because our playoff probability, like, did almost double. I think. Yeah. I think, you know, crazy five and increase six. Just by winning that one game. Well, five and six, not only did they win that game, the Seahawks lost theirs. So both the Seahawks and Vikings are six and five with the Packers hot on their tails at five and six. I'm just saying anything could happen. Anything could happen. A lot of season left. I know the Packers have some difficult games coming up, but to take back-to-back games against the Chargers and Lions where you were underdogs in both games, very well, impressive. See- We've already won two games in a set of four where a lot of people were saying we'd be luck we probably weren't gonna win any. That this is the hardest stretch of the year. And so we basically it's like house money winning two I, of those games. That's very true. It's very true. It it's like I'm not I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bemoan losses that they shouldn't have had earlier in the year now that we're in the hunt. I'm just not gonna do it. It is what it is. We're just gonna celebrate the wins now. And dad, let's start talking about this game. Like we said, Packers win twenty nine to twenty two. Injury update, uh, just a quick, you know, aside, in-game, pretty clean. Uh, I think Wyatt was at one point evaluated for a concussion, went back to the locker room and came back. So that is at least good. Besides that, in-game, I think pretty clean for the Packers. I didn't see anything else. Uh, However, J.R. Alexander, Devondre Campbell, Rudy Ford, and Dontavian Wicks all did not end up playing in this game. Uh, Add on to the fact that, you know, no Luke Musgrave, no Aaron Jones, no Emmanuel Wilson, no 
Darnell Savage, although he's been designated to return, probably not back till the next game. When you think about it, I mean, no, no Eric Stokes, no Eric Stokes didn't have essentially four of the five starters you plan to have coming into the year in the secondary. Didn't have one of your starting linebackers. Didn't have, uh, it's, well, obviously your number one David tight Montgomery. end. Didn't have or your, your number, number one, one tight end. Um, have... running back or your best offensive lineman. That's all. I saw. Yeah, somebody. I think a Lions fan was saying, "Oh, enjoy the win when we were missing, you know, whatever our safety and a." Lyman's like, really? You're going to complain about guys you're missing? Yeah, I mean, and when you look at the the cap hits of the guys the Packers are missing, I mean, my goodness, it's like half the half the salary cap is not playing, like or more, honestly. Uh, but yeah, I so, think if you conclude the dead cap from players who aren't going to see anymore, the dead cap, it's, <laughs> it's definitely should has got you more than half. Yes, but there's just no way it isn't. That number is too big to calculate at this point. But anyway, that is just part <laughs> is, of the reason. It is a number too big for common for for modern computers. But yeah, so the Packers, super banged up, going into Ford Field on a short week against a team that kicked their ass last time. You and I, who are optimistic Packers fans, both, I think, picked multiple score losses for the Packers in this game. And to come out, and let's, you know, let's just start getting into it, Dad. Packers win 29-22. Biggest moment of the game was the sack forced fumble by Gary that was scoop and scored by Jonathan Owens. Um, This took the win probability. So how we do this is... Uh, the biggest moment of the game for us is the one that swings win probability the most. We wanted to do it as something a little more empirical than just how we felt about it. But that swung the win probability of Green Bay from 59.2% chance of winning all the way to 74% chance of winning, a 14.8% swing. And Dad, yeah, hard to argue that that's not the play of the game. It was it scored the 20th point of the first quarter for the Packers. Imagine if I had told you four weeks ago, the Packers would score 20 points in the first quarter. That that might be close to as many points as they've scored in the first quarter all year combined. I, I don't I think was I'm thinking exaggerating. That, might, it, that is definitely possible. I did go through, but when we were, you know, we went through a stretch, we were averaging like three points a half. Yeah. Three points. Yeah. Three points a half at one point, And we'd be like, I remember celebrating when they finally scored a first half touchdown against the Rams. I remember like, yes, finally we scored. And I think that's been one of the biggest differences is not being completely inept in the first half of the last four games. Um, but Dad, let's start talking about this game in earnest. Very exciting win. Uh, like I said, I think maybe the most exciting or maybe the, the most impressive win of the Matt LaFleur era. And I want to give like the coaching staff like their flowers really quick before we start diving into anything else. Just because, you know, this team was two and five coming off some really ugly losses. Yeah. And coming yeah, off two and some, five, and on, two and five, and on a four-game losing streak, yeah, and really ugly losses to some bad teams with the buy in there still coming out and losing games. And I think it would have been really easy just to you know just kind of be like, okay, like let's start packing it up, getting ready for next. This team has responded and won three of four, and like culminating in this one, which I'll talk about in a second as to why I think that's like the it's so impressive. But this team's three and four in their last four. Up to five and six, this team was written off like dead to rights. We, both of us, were at large points in that middle of the season, middle of the season, that's that three or four game stretch, just questioning like, what is the coaching doing? What are, what is the coaching actually bringing to the table? Is this coaching staff the right staff to move forward with the team? We had lots of these questions. A lot of people had these questions. And I think they were fair to have because this team looked rudderless it looked directionless for times for like a three or four week span but they've was, gotten this thing sorry go ahead oh yeah because it was like bad play calling 
bad discipline, bad penalties, detail, penalties, not knowing the plays. And there is still some of that. But this team is back on the rails in large part to Matt LaFleur. He called a gem of a game in this Lions game. And just considering, you know, how beaten up this team was not practicing all week essentially like because they were so beat up and on a short week it was all it was all yeah walkthroughs or not even walkthroughs was it no was it even a estimated participation i think it was yeah. all just like film room to go to go in there to have a game plan shout out joe barry as well i i think when we criticize joe barry a lot when he does things that we don't like we should you know be just as loud praising him when he does things that we do like there wasn't a perfect game but you know considering the the players that were out in this game which we'll talk about i think an excellent game from joe barry an excellent game from matt lafleur an excellent game from matt lafleur not just as a play caller though as a coach in terms of getting the guys fired up like circling this game on the calendar like hey they came into our place on thursday night football in week four and kicked our ass up and down lambeau field their fans were had taken over lambeau field and were drowning out the sound of packers fans because we were getting our ass kicked so bad we need to go in there and show them like like we're not going to we're not a team that just rolls over in the NFC North. Like we're going to put our stamp on this game and they did. And so I think I want to just before I do anything, big flowers to Matt LaFleur. Dad, what did you think about the coaching in this game? What did you think? I thought there was a much better overall get a feel for the game, um getting out to a fast start, being aggressive for in some of it. There's still a few things maybe I would have preferred a little bit more aggression, but like I love that I guess love had to talk LaFleur into keeping that big Going for the bomb early, but uh, they went for and big even shots. Before that, they got taking, some big plays. Even before that, taking the ball. At I the was start so of the game. happy they started on offense. Like, let's set the tone right now. Let's put the points on the score first and have them chasing us all game. Yeah, excellent, excellent decision making all the way through. I think from Matt Lafleur. I mean, obviously, no one's going to call a perfect, perfect game, but I think for the most part, a very impressive display from the Packers coaching staff, Dad. Let's start digging in more into the rest of this game, though. Do you want to talk about the offense or the defense first? Because I think there's a lot of interesting stuff. You know what? Actually, I'm taking it out of your hands. I think you got to start with Jordan Love. Because (laughs) I know we started with the coaching staff because I wanted to get that in there before we forgot about them because I think it's so easy to focus on the players. But, Dad, the story of this game, it's got to be Jordan Love's performance. I mean, this is the best. This is, I think, maybe four straight weeks he has had the best game of his career. Like, I... And I don't think it's separate. He was he was incredible in this game. He was so good. What do you what do you have on love? There was like barely anything negative in the game for him. I mean, did you want to do what the, what they're saying about it? Because that's it's not the yeah sure. The, so the, 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 the quote with... from Christian Watson is about love. Yeah, we can start with that. Christian Watson uh, about Jordan Love. This was tweeted out by his dad on Twitter, I believe. Christian Watson's dad, that is. Quote: In my eyes, I think we've seen enough. We know what he's love that is capable of. And for him, he's going to keep on getting better, keep on climbing, keep on getting even more comfortable out there. And we're going to keep on getting better around him too. We're going to keep on coming up as a team and that's only going to make all of us better, end quote. And so that was Christian Watson about Jordan Love. The team is super fired up behind him. He is stacking successes and he put together his best performance of the year so far in front of a national audience on Thanksgiving with all the pressure on him against a better team. And I know Detroit's past defense has not been great recently, but I mean, he was, he was dominant in this game. He was pretty much the whole offense for large swaths of the game, not having, you know, number one tight end out there, not having Wicks who he'd had developed a very good connection with the past few weeks, 
I mean, so impressive from Love in this game, Dad. What did what did you have on him? Yeah, so he it felt like he was making a lot of big time plays, big big time throws, both downfield and under pressure, under pressure with some incredible arm angles and moving in the pocket. He had his season high in passer rating, his season high in QBR per ESPN. I think he has also had his season high in PFF rating overall and in passing. He completed what, eight passes over 10 yards, his third most of the season behind only the Steelers and Saints games, though his and his second highest PFF grade on throws over 20 yards. For the second time in four weeks, he set a season high in EPA plus CPOA composite rating per RBSDM. And his EPA plus CPOE has been steadily rising after hitting like a season low in week five after the uh, game against Las Vegas, which you remember was was not a high point for the season. That was that no. was when we were feeling really bad about it. That was probably we probably the worst game of the year so far. I would say was that yeah. Raiders game. That and, was and that was and it also was reflected in um, love loves rating by CPOE and plus uh, EPA plus CPOE. And so I kind of wanted to look at how he'd been forming over the year. And so I did a uh, a graph of his performance every week. And one thing I did, because it's kind of noisy when you just do one week at a time, I did a kind of a rolling three-week average to smooth that out, the trends. And you can definitely see that since hitting that kind of rock bottom in week five, he's been gradually rising in EPA per play, in CPOE, and in you know EPA per play plus CPOE. And he's been rising up in the kind of the rankings in the league as well as his um, his own performance. Yeah, I mean, he's been so good over the last four weeks. In this game, like I said, arguably his best game of the year. It's his highest PFF passing grade, whatever you want to put weight-wise into that of the year for for his uh, for his season. Second highest completion percentage of the year for him, while having the third highest uh, average depth of target for him on the year. These numbers are per PFF. Third highest big time throw rate of the year for him. Third highest yards per attempt. Lowest turnover worthy play rate. He didn't have a single turnover worthy play in this game. And lowest pressure to sack rate in this game. And to me, Dad, that was actually the most impressive thing was how he handled pressure in this game. Uh, last game, you know, he took three sacks and I think some of them might have been more avoidable. This one, 15 pressures uh, and took no sacks the entire game. I thought he did an exceptional job of, you know, the, the really good quarterbacks know when to not take a big negative play and just live to see the next down. He had two throwaways and then one very nice, like ducking um, Aiden Hutchinson and then just shovel passing it off to AJ Dillon for like three yards or four yards to oh, just, just keep before the he drive got... moving. Um, he, yeah. he didn't end up getting hit very hard on that one because he was able to get out of there, but he did, his pocket was collapsing on him. But anyway, those plays, I think like don't really, they don't show up on the stat sheet. They're not in any highlights. But I thought yeah. like those being able to do the little stuff like that was really exciting for me just because like you're not taking a sack there. You're not like throwing the ball into harm's way. You are just getting from first and 10 yeah. to second and seven or first and 10 to second and 10 and not second and 15, second and 17, which was a lot of times I think the problem early in the year with so many negative plays. Uh, right. not Either just penalties or game. sacks. Yeah. And just um, couldn't that do would happen. Yeah. But he's also, I think he was kind of getting really into a groove and kind of feeling himself because he was, things were going well and he was kind of dealing all over the field. And when he decided to make that scramble around and then make that cross field throw to Malik Heath. What do you think about that uh, throw? Play? 
What do you what do you, th- what do you think throw. about that? De- what do you think about that decision to throw that? This is, ball? Well, this is a different question. What I think about that decision, but he well, but he did. But he made the throw. throw. It, it, it was never in harm's way. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I definitely held my breath a little bit. I was like, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know oh about that, but hey, don't throw a pick six! Don't throw a pick six! Don't throw a pick six! Because that is prime. Like, there's no one even on that side of the field. Like, besides, oh, the, if, if he under throws that and it oh, gets yeah. picked off at oh, a dead gone. run, hundred percent, there's, there's nobody going to catch even up. Without to it. a dead run, there's no one else over there. The whole line is on the right side of the field. They're on the right hash. He's throwing it to the left. He's throwing it to the left boundary. It, yeah. It, it, he, I think, had more, like, crazy, like, arm talent things in this game. I know in the Steelers game, uh, PFF technically had him with more big-time throws in terms they had him with five. In this one, I think they only had him with two. Uh, I think the arm talent stuff he showed in this game was insane. Just, like, sidearm, sidearm. Cross the field for almost no reason from, like, right hash to left sideline. Uh down just bullets down the middle of the field on like weird arm angles weird platforms it it was a really fun quarterbacking game to watch like regardless of like the numbers anything just like put on that game and just watch it and don't even look at the score it's just like wow that was cool wow that was cool yeah that was this a sick game would be just a fun rewatch game one of those games like i enjoy this game no matter what else happened this year i'll watch this game over and over again in the future yeah i mean hit, the highlights from this game are just crazy and I know it's kind of funny. Everyone is pointing out how Love and Rodgers, first years, through 11 games, have exactly the same number of passing yards, and they're like one off on touchdown and a couple off on interceptions, which is crazy to think about. But the number that I actually wanted to look at comparing Rodgers and Love uh, is per Jacob Morley on Twitter. And this was comparing, actually, Rodgers' 2021 MVP year with Love's current year. And actually looking at their deep passing. So this is something that I found very interesting because I think a lot of people's concern with Love is like, oh, kind of inaccurate on the deep ball. But if you compare, uh, you know, Rodgers 2021 and Love this year, like I said, on 20 plus yard, like throws that travel 20 plus yards in the air, uh, Love has 54 attempts. uh, Rodgers had 47. Uh, so Love has the actually the most uh, th- attempted throws of 20-plus air yards in the league this year. Rodgers was sixth that year. Uh, Love has more completions, 20 uh, versus 17. Uh, and Love ranks higher amongst his peers as well in that one as well. Love has more uh, passes of 20-plus air yards that were deemed as... A, a higher percentage of passes of 20-plus air yards that are deemed catchable at 38.9%, whereas Rodgers was at 36.2%. Uh, they had the same number of touchdowns on 20-plus yard air throws at four. Uh, Rodgers had one fewer pick, three versus four. And then Rodgers had a slightly better QBR at 86.1 compared to Love's 78.9. However, Love's QBR is better compared to his peers at 20-plus yard air throws. Love ranks 18th of 28 uh, qualifying quarterbacks this year, and Rodgers ranked 20 of 25 uh, quarterbacks in 2021. You know, just important to include that because I think in some ways the uh, emergence of cover of cover like the high cover two shells in the past few years and the like almost ubiquitousness of it at this point uh does make i think throwing down the field harder and so i while love's quarterback rating is worse i think you know it's just showing that every quarterback rating of 20 plus air yard throws is worse now than it was two years ago even and so despite love's qbr being worse it is better amongst his peers it's just all i wanted to add as a little caveat there but the main thing is just like the thing that people have the most concern on with love is deep ball accuracy. And I know I've been rambling for a little bit, but his deep ball accuracy in terms of throwing catchable balls deep 
is better than Rogers 2020 MVP year. So I just thought that was very interesting to me. Jacob Morley on Twitter, once again, does a lot of awesome stuff in terms of stats, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but yeah, so dad, that was just a little rambling for me. I just wanted to talk about love a little bit. I thought we needed to talk about love in this game because he was so good. I mean, he was probably the highlight of the game by far. I think didn't get his Turkey leg. Some, some shenanigans no. there. <laughs> Did you you hear the the latest story I heard was that, you know, they didn't want to bring it out because they had two turkeys and Greg Olson ate one of them. There's always one for the booth that goes. And then they had pre-stamped the turkey with like a a lion's. They wouldn't do that. Do you believe that story? No, I I don't know what happened. I'm I'm sure someone like dropped it. I bet it. I literally bet (laughs) it is as simple as someone dropped it. And it's like. If somebody dropped it, would you, you know. I just would, brush it off and bring it out there anyway. I don't think they would. I, I, I might. I, I thought you were going to ask, would you still eat it? I would. I don't think I would brush it off and serve it to anyone else. But I think it's probably <laughs> as simple as someone like accidentally dropped it or something, or they overcooked it or something, and or they started cutting into it and realized it was raw. Could that could certainly <laughs> happen to anyone? Uh, but no, I just want you know justice for Jordan Love is all I'm going to say. He he deserves his turkey. Is Somebody needs to give him a turkey um, leg on TV. I know, right? Anything else on Jordan Love, though, Dad? I just, I we needed to start with him because he was the story of this game. He's the story of the Packers season. We said so many times, all that matters is Jordan Love's development this year, and four straight games of some really promising stuff for him. Um, anything else you wanted to add? You know, one thing that's interesting is like, uh, I'm just kind of quick looking over things like his uh, average depth of target. This is by far his best rated passing game by PFF. When his average depth of target is over, is over ten, and the others they're they're not even close. This is first yeah, like I mean, high, high. This is by far his best passing grade of the year, and the other ones that were above average did not have nearly as high a um, depth of target. Yeah, but let's move so, on to some. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Do you have anything else you want to add? Oh, you know, just. Uh, just making high level throws, and you know the and players were also making plays, but it was a it was well schemed, and he was making uh, th- throws on the move, Ma- long run. Was that uh, was yep. that the longest of his career, or not quite? It was a thirty seven yarder. Question: I, I did not check. I think it's it's certainly up there, if nothing else. Maybe he has I like a thirty nine yarder or something. The one against the Falcons is probably close. Uh, and then the one against the Saints, I think, was like mid to high 20s. Uh, and then thinking beyond that, I, th- I think that's probably it. Uh, but I, I'd have to go look, actually. But it's it's certainly that's in the conversation. That's his long this, this year. year at 37 yards. Okay. That's exciting. His next but longest yeah, so he, this year is 26. He, he could have maybe taken that thing another 20, 20 25 yards. He, but. He, he, he's, he, yeah, if he, if he didn't mind getting lit up he could have gone a little farther but i love the play yeah. that you know oh, the, yeah. that great he ran, ran the option and converted the first down and plus all the extra yardage it was it was a great play yep just read the read the edge ed crashed in and free money just take the take the free yards but let's move on to other parts of the offense now we've already talked a lot about love but rightly so but i think there are some other parts of the offense to talk about staying in the positive lane uh, for me, the next positive that I had was Malik Heath. Um, crazy, crazy, like efficiency per snap <laughs> numbers. He seems to like, he seemed to take Wix's role in this game in terms of like supplementary receiver. 
uh, getting a certain number of snaps. <laughs> He's just, just making kind of plays like, every time the ball is thrown to him. Well, <laughs> it's, was like it's, the, cra- the, <laughs> it's, it's even crazier Like when I actually look at the numbers. So he had the second most receiving yards on the team with 46. Only Watson had more. He played just 11 total snaps and just five total passing snaps. And in those five passing snaps, he had four catches on four targets for 46 yards. So every time he was on the field and they were throwing the ball nearly, he was getting open and they were throwing him the rock, which is the the per snap efficiency is off the charts and not scalable at all. It's not what I'm saying. If you put him out there another... Are you sure? 10, I think we need to put snaps. him out there for like uh, 30 snaps now. Yeah, 30, and then th- just... Needs to run have, 30 routes next time. And he'd clearly have 250 yards then. Just that's what the math is telling me. But no, I just wanted to shout out Malik Heath stepping up in the place of an injured Wicks who was out in the concussion protocol. I mean, he was really good. He was blocking his his you-know-what off. And uh, he, I think he was the highest graded Packer on the day uh, if you don't like look at... Uh, limit on snap counts. I think he was by far the highest graded Packer on either side of the football. And rightly so. I mean, he was blocking like crazy. He was always open. He caught multiple passes downfield for greater than 10 yard gains. I mean, he's super effective in his role and just another, what seems like another very solid undrafted free agent signing for Green Bay. And I don't know what they're going to do with this receiver room when everyone is healthy. There are too many mouths to feed, but that's a good problem to have, Dad. What did you have as another positive right, for the offense? We oh, need we a, move. We, we, I want another um, Sports Illustrated cover. I know, right? In, a, in another year look? or two. Yeah, I mean, it was an iconic photo. Maybe they can just recreate it. But, Dad, any other positives on offense? Anything else you want to say about Malik Heath? Or should we maybe talk about some uh, Well, I, you know, I some also went to the receiver room. I also wanted to go to the receiver room and um, give some shout-out to uh, Christian Watson. Kind of got involved in multiple levels. Got the... The day started off the right foot with a was a fifty four yarder. Um, he and caught helping, five of his and helping his yep. quarterback out on that fifty four yarder because yep. it was not he, a perfect he, throw, and he made he it caught, made it happen. He got I was gonna say he caught five of seven targets for ninety four yards in a TD. That opening bomb. And one thing that he did, you know, was a little underthrown, but he did a better job than he has in a lot of uh, opportunities to come back to the ball. So he's in a basically to come back. So he's in a position to fight for it. And make the contested catch over the defender. Um, yeah, you know, he he had you know, in next gen stats. I was looking at the the chart. He had two catches to the right, um, less than ten yards downfield. The touchdown to the left that was twenty yards downfield. The and a, um, another completion to the left at ten yards downfield. So using both sides of the field, all levels of the field. Um, he caught and- three of three contested catches by PFF. So it's the first time all year he's been at hundred percent in contested catches. Mm-hmm. And, um, he, and he honestly, has, he probably, I think, you know, if, I mean, I know I'm a homer, but I really did think that was pass interference at the goal line that he had forced. Oh, he like, got tripped. How could they not call what, that? And then they called a play later in the game that was very similar. I know. Where they got tangled up and fell down. I was like, wait a minute. What, what did you, did you change your mind? You decided, oh, we really should have called one back then. So we're going to call it now. I, then, I was, yeah. I was like, the argument on oh, the they got TV tangled. broadcast. Yeah, but if you get tangled and knock somebody down when he's open, that's still got to be interference. Yeah. And the argument they were making in the bracket is like, oh, he was turning for the ball, and then he took out Watson's legs while he was turning for the ball. It's I'm like, irrelevant okay. what his intention was. Yeah, it's like he took out – so he did take – so we agree he took out his legs. Like, what are we doing here? But anyway. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I no. was shocked they didn't call that when they just tripped him and took him down. Yeah, I just um, wanted to but, add that yeah. in because he could have had an even better. It could day, have been I think. An, another touchdown, another uh, chunk yards. Um, he had his highest passer rating when targeted uh, um, of the year at one fifty three point three. This is the second 
week in a row now of being over 100 when targeted. Um, and those are the only two times this year, but he's say, trending up. Um, he was two of four on catching passes that were more than 20 yards downfield after being only two of 11 earlier in the year. So we're uh, looking for... Trending up. Trending trend up. up. And I think... He had a good game, and hopefully it's a sign of more to come. Yeah, and I I think probably his best game of the year, right? Like, has to be. Oh, There's easy. no way it's not, right? It's, like, easily his best game of the year. Multiple players having their best game of the year against an 8-2 and two Lions team that, you know, is is really playing for playing for something like it's it's just impressive it's just it it warms Lions my soul were on the doorstep of fighting for the number one seed in the conference yeah They're, so they, they had a lot to play back. for lots to play for and yeah. i get it's a short week for them and i i know that their defense has kind of been a little shaky recently but i can't help but be really excited about this win however dad there are some negatives on the offensive side of the football uh that i did want to just touch on um not to rain on anyone's parade uh, but for me, the two were mostly offensive line related. Uh, specifically, number one, my Yash Nyman narrative, my Nash, <laughs> my Yash Nyman uh, did you, agenda. Did, you, did that trade just derail on you? That that, that agenda riding? took a took a hit this week. Uh, the issue he he ran block very well. Uh, he was their highest graded run blocker per PFF, which you know, however much stock you want to put into that, he was their highest graded run blocker. But on just six pass blocking snaps, he allowed two pressures, which is really not good. <laughs> you can't be allowing a pressure one out of three snaps that you're out there pass blocking. It's just not going to work. Uh, so my Yash Nyman narrative took a bit of a hit. And then besides him, the run blocking was not good in this game. And the run game is still lacking. Um, running backs had just 17 attempts for 54 yards, 3.17 yards per carry. It's not great. Negative 0.17 EPA per rush would be 26th worst in the league if it was over the course of a whole season. Uh, it's per RBSDM. Green Bay is currently 20th, so worse than their usual. Uh, and a 35% rush success rate would be 26th worst in the league as well if it was the whole season. Green Bay is currently 18th, so they've kind of performed worse than their usual like standard uh, for a run game that already had been struggling this year, so that's not ideal. Um, yes, the Lions' run defense is good, Uh Negative uh, negative point one two two EPA per rush allowed and a thirty eight percent rush success rate allowed, um, but those numbers are still below what the Lions like below those numbers. The pa- numbers the Packers had in this game are still below what the Lions are uh, allowing for the season. So that's still not good. Um, I still think Dylan has been playing really well. I just put it mostly on the offensive line. Um, thirty nine yards after contact of those fifty four yards. So they're averaging averaging just 0.88 yards before contact per rush in this game and 2.29 after, uh, sorry, 0.88 yards before contact per rush and 2.29 yards after contact before rush, um, which, you know, leads me to believe that's the offensive line and PFF seems to agree. Um, only Nyman graded out above average and Runyon, Jenkins, and Ryan all had run blocking grades below 60. So not great. Yeah. But on the plus side, I think Dylan's been looking faster with more acceleration burst. More explosive. Um, he had a both couple, of the run nice game plays. and the pass game. I was just he about had to two say explosive the same thing. plays. He had he had multiple nice moments in the run game. The one where he kind of does the Super Mario jump, little hurdle, and gets hit in the air, and then runs for like another fifteen yards, and then just taking a nice little short little dump off to the right for a first down for eleven yards. Just just you know doing his job, and so that's why I I would say it's more about the offensive line failing to block up front, and the Lions' run defense is very good. This is totally fair. They, I think they were eighth by DVOA, if I remember correctly. But at the same time, you know, just it, it'd be nice to get that run game going, which is part of the reason why Love's performance was even more 
impressive. He was pretty much the offense. They said, just go out there and throw the ball around. Just keep throwing it. Just keep going. Be our almost like be our second leading rusher as well. Just keep taking the rock. Um, but so, yeah, no, I, so those are the two things is just offensive line related. I think there's still a little bit of flux there. Um, dad, what did you have? Definitely as... flux there. Cause they're oh, still, yeah. they're still doing like a, a platoon situation I've never at, at two, seen... at two positions. I have never seen a team platoon two offensive linemen. I've never seen it before in my entire life. It's cra- It's crazy to me that they're like, why not just commit to one guy? I just don't really get it. And yeah. I, I get it more for the Nyman Walker, but like, and I guess I get it for Runyon, Runyon and Ryan. Runyon's more established. He's had more good seasons, but I know a lot of yeah, people so, are pushing for Ryan, including, including Brian Balaga. Did you see this tweet? Brian Balaga said it's time. for. I only saw for, Balaga said something about uh, Crosby. I didn't see about no, uh, Ryan. He said it's time for Sean Ryan to start is what, is what Brian Balaga said, which is, you know, that's the only stamp I need. <laughs> if Brian Belaga say yeah. it's time, it's time. I mean, I, uh, I had it in it. I had, I might as well mention this now because I had it in as one of my, the things that makes Singular talk about the platoon is just another Sean Ryan, John Runyon mix. And this week, this week, Ryan was better than Runyon on pass blocking as well as run. I think it's the first time that's happened where he had a better pass blocking grade by PFF than, than Runyon did. And he's been better, than, I think, on run blocking every single game they both played. Um, yeah. And he's under and contract I, and, 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 my, and he's cheap. There's like as a I was million... watching. Go ahead. So I was watching the possession where he was one of the possessions he was in. It's like look at he's doing his, a good job on like almost every rep. And, and so I like to see the team commit to giving him maybe starting with him and and seeing how he does. I just we can talk about this another time, but why was he behind Royce Newman? Why has he never touched the field? Oh, like. Like what? Does he just look terrible in practice? Like I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't, don't really know. get maybe it at all. Maybe he's honestly improved from the beginning. Maybe. I don't know. But it's it would just be um, kind of surprising to me that he would make such leaps and bounds in season when you're not like really drilling things as hard. I guess I don't, I don't know. But good for Sean Ryan looking better. And you know, last year I think he was like he was in many ways my like the symbol of the Packers third round curse that I would reference was like we picked a guard that can't even get on the field for special teams plays is taking performance enhancing drugs and still can't get on the field. So uh, he was at many times, like just kind of a symbol of my ire at the Packers third round drafting. But if he can become a starting capable right guard, which it seems like he has been in limited snaps, that'd be very exciting because then that's one less position. You got to worry about this off season as Runyon is not right. a one less, one less uh, position you need to get dra- need to draft for. But yeah, dad, and let's then I had some other, I had some, well, I had some other bad things in there. Um, what happened on that fourth down run attempt between Dylan and Love? Even that was even coming out of the the break, the quarter break, and they still didn't get the play right. Well, that's the thing is they left points on the board multiple times in this game. The thir- yeah. the the third down drop by Dobbs when they're driving down the field yep. into Lions territory. The the fourth down where, like you were talking about, Dylan, I can't tell. Either Dylan runs the wrong way, he, or Love is leading him the wrong way. One of way. them does because Dylan just runs smack into well, it's, Love. It's a little weird to me. the The reason I hesitate to blame it all on Dylan is Love turns left shoulder and then goes to handoff right, which I don't think I've seen like a player turn the opposite way of the way that they're handing it off before. I don't know, but yeah, they run right into each other and and don't <laughs> don't do anything. So not great. Not great. Uh, more examples of the run game just yeah. being a mystery to this team. 
and I just yep. I don't understand it. It's it's partially personnel, but it's also like, hey, can we run the right direction? Like, it's not that hard. Like that's what I'm talking about. Where it's like this team is still shooting itself in the foot. It's just not committing as many penalties, and even the uh, like just to expound a little bit on the shooting themselves in the foot. I was watching um, the QB school's breakdown of Love's game earlier, and he was talking about the touchdown to Reed. He's like, I'm pretty sure Christian Watson's not running the right route on this play. He's like, he's like, I'm pretty sure this is supposed to be double slant, and Watson accidentally runs it out, and that's why the window is as tight as it is. And so it's like stuff like it that. Like where- practically hits him in the back of the jersey as it's zipping in th- there to Reed. What a throw, though. Honestly, what a throw, but also like... When the window's that tight, it's at least 20% luck, in my opinion. I, I I don't know if that's a hot take or not. But anyway, anything else negative on defense yeah, or on I, offense, Deb? I did like that they ended up punting on three of their la- last four possessions when they were they trying to down, seal out the game. They slowed down and a little bit. All, and, all th- and all three of those that they punted were in Detroit territory. I mean, they did do a better job of pinning, pinning deep, but I didn't really like that, uh, the way they kind of... Yeah. The punting um, wasn't terrible, though, Gabe, I guess. No, the punting was it was, punting it was, was, it was good. good punting. Um, <sighs> and I have comments on that uh, overall, but I, I I did not like the way they kind of left point chances on the board, gave gave Detroit a little bit of life by not sustaining some of those drives. And one of them, it was like fourth and four at the, what, a 45 or something? Yeah. They, Detroit I mean, that they, they, like, they might uh, – the analytics probably suggest you should go for that. Yeah, and they, they punt, like you said – uh, three of their last four drives, three of their last four real drives, that is, um, besides yeah, not, the not, touch, not, not counting and, the kneel down. And the only one that they scored a touchdown on was that shortened field after the, um, after the fake punt. So pretty much, you know, they had, and they, they're still moving the ball, you know, six plays, 28 yards punt. Um, and that was the drop by Dobbs and then five plays, 13 yards punt. That's the one where, you know, they might have had Reed deep and it hit his hands and he didn't quite have it. It was a little off target. And oh, then, off the fingertips. Yeah, yeah. No, when you watch that, it's like, did he did he alligator arm that one? Or uh... Yeah. And then six plays, uh, 46 yards punt. And that was the one where, you know, Love's thrown off his back foot to Watson. Um, but... With pressure in his – that's the one with pressure in his face – He's yeah. throwing way downfield. Watson's open on that one too, well, but because the, the, the yeah, pressure's face so early, Myers got beat yeah. really bad. Yeah, and in like a I, half a second. I do want to talk a little bit about Myers, and I know we're getting a little long in the offensive side, and it's not going to save as much room for the defense. But they were doing some interesting things in pass protection today. I don't know if you noticed this. A couple different times with Aiden Hutchinson specifically, they would run play action, chip Hutchinson with Kraft, and pull Myers to the right to block. Hutchinson in pass protection. I have not seen like that kind of funkiness much. Like, I, I is that common? I'm not really sure. It doesn't I seem like know. it would be, but they were doing weird. Like, and I thought I feel like Myers has been playing okay. Um, it's just he whiffs sometimes. You know, there, there's room for improvement there, but he's, he's he hasn't been the worst player on the offensive line. So you know, I guess that's improvement enough, I suppose. Um, but yeah, that offensively. Very exciting game. Just some some spots to clean up and still making some mistakes here and there. And I do think, you know, when you go over those plays where they did punt, like, it was there for them. It wasn't that the offense just, like, died. Like, in some other, you know, I in another scenario where, like, I'd be like, damn, the offense just died in the second half. To me, it's like, 
the offense just didn't make plays that were there for them. Dobbs should have had that catch. Reed arguably could have had that catch. Um, Myers, if Myers doesn't lose like instantaneously, they might have a chance of that Watson's shot. And at the same time, they're also like, they've already killed like three minutes in a two, in a two score game at that point. Like it's two twenty left. So yeah. they're also punting because at that point you should punt. Like you should not give a short field up two scores with two and a half minutes left. But anyway, especially on like fourth and 10, but anyway, dad, moving on to the defense, anything else you wanted to say there? Let's yeah, let's move on to the defense. Okay. Defensively. Let's start with the negatives so we can end with some positives. Uh, Cause this, you know, most just like an entire positive of a game, to be honest. And this is going to end up being a long episode. It seems like, sorry, listeners. We, Hey, actually, you know what? I'm not sorry. We're talking about a fun game. This was an enjoyable one. I'm going to talk about it as much right. as you can. This should be less painful than listening to a long episode in a bad game. Yeah, you know what Rashawn Gary's saying about this game, what they're saying. Uh, quote, <laughs> I'm tired of cry- crying around y'all MFers. Quote, re- end quote, Rashawn Gary after getting the game ball. I mean, we're going to talk about the negatives first, but the D-line in this one by the Packers, I think, is arguably the like the 1B story to Jordan Love. And we'll get to that in a second. But, Dad, let's talk about some negatives on defense so we can end on the positive. For me... It's that the run defense is still questionable. Um, There were bright spots, though. Uh, And so I'm just going to run through a couple stats here. Detroit running backs had 26 carries for 125 yards and a touchdown. So that's 4.8 yards per carry, which is not great. Um, The Packers allowed a 43% rush success rate and EPA per rush of negative 0.04. In terms of like opponent this isn't horrible as the Lions through week 11 were at 0.008 EPA per rush and a 42% success rate. So they, they kind of actually allowed pretty much about what Detroit is doing standardly. Um, but it is still a worse success rate than the Packers have allowed on the year generally. And that success rate would rank 26th in the league in rush success rate and 29th in EPA per rush allowed uh, over the course of a season if it was just what the Packers allowed in this game. Um Lions like to run the ball. Like we said, they run the ball well, but the Packers didn't do too much to limit them. Specifically on third down is where the Packers struggled to stop the run. And I'll get to the bright side in a second, but just to get the negative out of the way, Lions had five carries on third down. Three of them went for first downs straight up. One went for a touchdown that was called back by a penalty to third and one. Still, So it was third and six. It was the David Montgomery to the end zone holding at the one yard line, brought it back, but then it made it third and one. And they subsequently just rushed for a first down anyways. One of the first three I was talking about. And then the last was the Jared Goff scramble where Carl Brooks stripped him. So four of the five of those plays like gained enough yards to be successful on the next play. So just third down, they were kind of letting the lions do what they wanted in short yardage uh, in the run game. Um, But like I said, there is a little prize at the end of this story. The Packers, Run defense on first and second down was really good in this game. And a big part of the reason that they were able to have some success on third down in terms of stopping the pass and third down in terms of, uh, and fourth down in terms of stopping the pass as well. Sorry. On first and second downs, the Packers allowed a success rate of just 33.3%, uh, which would have been the seventh best early down rushing success rate allowed in the league for the year. For reference, as a team, they're currently 23rd. So, way playing like way above their heads in that mark. Um, And it's especially impressive considering the Lions have the ninth best early down rush success rate in the league. So hats off to them for staying, being able to keep the Lions in like uncomfortable downs and distances, like a big re in terms of slowing down the run game early. I think it's a big reason they had success in this game, but there just is 
a lot. There's still 4.8 yards per carry is not good is is just like a kind of overarching, but there were at least moments where the run defense was good and key moments that I think had turning had big effects on the game. Sorry for rambling there, dad. Thoughts on the Packers run defense, or did you want to move to your own negative for the defense? Well, I'll just say, even though they're giving up 4.8, you still felt like they were forcing Detroit to pass on enough plays that they could then have be in more advantageous situations than Detroit's playbook being open to run or pass throughout the game, which is something that's happened to the Packers before. What I had um, for my bad thing was actually Detroit's something in Detroit's passing game. They had a ton of success in the middle of the field, completing 16 of 21 of their passes in any, any level, but in the middle for 220 yards with an elite PFF grade for golf in the intermediate center of the defense in particular. Maybe not a big surprise considering they're missing Campbell and their two starting safeties. Yeah. And um, I think McDuffie struggled in coverage in this game. Struggled in coverage in this game in particular. Agreed on. Yeah. So in particular, Cleef Raymond seemed to be unguardable. Um, he beat everyone. Like, he, He's like, that, like think... four different people were, were marked with covering him and every one of them – he caught five all all five of his targets for ninety yards. Well, I think what both defenders. what both him and Jamison Williams kind of had the reason I I would say that they had a large amount of success against this this defense just slow, like they just did not have the speed on the back end to hang with these guys running across the field. I think was the big thing. It's like I saw Jamison Williams just pull away from Carrington Valentine. One, I was like, oh my goodness! I was like, thank goodness the D line was getting to Goff because there were some guys streaking open in the middle of the field and down the field. But Dad, go and, ahead. Yeah. Sorry. And then and they still gave up a lot of yards to the Lions in the end, 464 yards of the day, and ended up being 42 yards per drive, as was more than their season, the Lions season average of 37 yards per drive. Um, and then basically right on the um, Lions average for yards per play. But so, yeah. so not necessarily a bad thing, but some some of the um, kind of measurables were they gave up more than Detroit usually gets. Yeah. And I'm not going to freak out about it when in terms of, I, I just think it's important to note, but at the same time, you know, we got to just have the context, you know, you don't have like half of your starters on defense. So it is what it yes, is. The secondary know? is. And the lions have completely a completely different from what it expected. And the lions, despite struggling recently on defense, that offense is still kicking ass. That offense is still insane. Like they're, they're still moving the ball on everyone. They scored 40 points on the chargers. They scored almost 40 points on the bears. I it's, it's not like their offense has been struggling recently and the Packers did a very good job. Dad, any other negatives on defense? Because I'm excited to talk about some of the positives on defense, because I think, you know, as impressive as love was, you could say like, okay, well he's doing it against a, a defense that is, has been struggling recently. We talked about in the pregame where, over the past or since the Lions buy, they had been bottom three in most performance uh, metrics in terms of like EPA per play, EPA per drop back, et cetera, et cetera, specifically EPA per drop back and pass defense. But on the defensive side of the football, the Lions like unequivocally have probably a top five, I think certainly a top five offensive line. Many people have said top three offensive line. Yes, they were missing yep. their starting left guard, but dad, the Packers D-line abused, abused the Lions O-line in this game up and down the field for pretty much the entirety of the game. And I think just could not be more impressed with 
almost every member of the D-line, frankly. I know you had some stats on this. What did you have for the Packers defense, specifically the D-line? Because I think that's the story of the defensive performance in this one. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, it's, it's all got to start with Rashawn Gary. The guy was yeah. like a man possessed a out there. What a Three freak. sacks, two forced fumbles, um, had another pressure on top of the three sacks. He also um, led the team in run defense grade on top of everything else he was doing. But he um, PFF run defense in, grade and had a stop in, in the run game as well. Yeah, and just I so exciting for him. If people didn't know, I think he was really juiced up to be back at the field where he got hurt last year, and just and I, plus you know add on to that back the in the state of, of Michigan, back in the state of Michigan where he played college ball, back and against a team that had kicked their butt in week four. I think he had every single emotional like emotional piece of motivation that you could possibly have in this game. And he came out as Matt LaFleur would say with his piss hot piss boiling. He was, he was crazy in this game, unblockable. And like we said, the lions have a good D line, good offensive line, but it wasn't just Gary in this game, dad. It was no, it was up and down the line. Other, other, other members of the uh, defensive interior too, Um, Clark and Wyatt. And as you mentioned to me, not to forget Brooks had great pass rushing days from the interior. Um, yeah. both Clark and White had like the next two best, uh, PFF grades for rushing. Kenny Clark had, had eight pressures, eight pressures on his, on his own. Yeah. Um, and, and the team, in addition to the three sacks from Gary, they had another nine hits on golf. Yep. So, and, you know, and, so and Clark had eight and, pressures and then Brooks had five. If I remember correctly, it was, everyone was getting after the quarterback from everywhere. I wanted to highlight Preston Smith because you talked about those other guys, and I feel like Preston needs to get some shine in this one. I mean, especially... So, Preston in this one, five pressures, uh, tied for second on the team, uh, with two hits, along with two stops in the run game per PFF. Um, And it's especially impressive considering the fact that, you know, their left tackle, Decker, is very good. Their right tackle, Pene Sewell, is probably one of the two or three or four best right tackles in the entire league maybe one of the best tackles in the league, regardless of left or right. And Preston was aligned against him on 36 of his 55 snaps. And I've never seen Panay Sewell get beat by spin moves like that or rip moves. Preston just dominated that matchup. And I was stunned. I was not, not stunned. I feel like that's offensive to Preston. He's had a very good year, but you know, he's getting a little long in the tooth and he's still got it. He had a great game. Um, You just can't say enough about the defensive line in this game, dad Clark and Wyatt, like you said, yeah, great games, meeting Gary, the whole defensive front, the, the interior D lineman plus the edge rushers together. Yes. G- Gary game of the year for him. Got the game ball from Matt LaFleur after the game. I mean, Brooks hustling Brooks, to chase yeah. down Goff on a third down scramble to force a fumble. I mean, just yeah. maximum effort. That was sort of a combination of hustle by Preston mentioned earlier on that play as well, chasing Goff down, and then Brooks finished him off with a, the dive and then swatting the ball out of his hand as he's making the tackle. Yeah, I don't know what Goff was doing, switching. I don't know why Goff was holding the ball like he was Michael Vick in his prime, but we'll take it. He looked like Sean McCoy holding the ball out here like a loaf of bread. Not not great ball security from Goff in this one. Um, Dad, any other positives on defense beside the line or anything else around the line? Because I, the other, the only other thing I was going to say was that they finally caused some turnovers. And I know fumbles are fluky. Uh, and to force and recover three of them in the same game is not something that you can really project. 
Um, but going into this game, yeah, for NFL the, the one watch, of those, if they didn't, I was going to say ahead. one of those, if they didn't recover it, they're going to get it back anyway. This is true. But it was fourth down. Yeah. But going into this game, they had just nine takeaways in 10 games per NFL pick watch. So less than one a game. So if we'll take some random variance back in our way, I'll take it. I'll take the ball bouncing a right. little flukily. We, we have had, a, you know, fewer turnovers than I think anybody would want. You might even predict. Yeah. Third, third fewest in the league coming into this game uh, amongst all teams. So, but I had great. some other, um, well, the to story mention. of this game, so, I saw you had there, fourth down. Fourth down, you know, I, we yeah. could say the story of this game goes, Jordan Love on offense, D, Green Bay D-line second, and then just shutting down the Lions on fourth down, I think is probably the biggest swing in this game. Like, if they get two of those, might be talking about a different game. But held them to one of five, if I yeah. remember correctly, take it away. One of five on fourth down tries, including that includes the fake punt. But Campbell was, you know, true to his game, was aggressive. Um, but they, and Detroit came in converting 50%, um, oh, sorry, over 50%, 12 of 22 on fourth down for the year. Um, and they, and in their last three games, they converted 83% of their fourth down attempts. Yeah. This is one of the most aggressive teams. And today it was only one of five. Yeah. And one of the best fourth down offenses in the entire league. And so it's not just that they were having to go for it because they were down. They were going for it because they often have success going for it. And yeah, the Packers and said they like, not they, today. That's what they like to do. Yeah. And and the Packers held them actually to 0-4 until two, like two minutes left in the game. Yeah. They didn't get that that first fourth down conversion until they were on a last, you know, desperation, already knowing they had to get a touchdown and an onside kick at that point, probably. Yeah, and I think um, I they saw also some... held Detroit to only Go ahead. two points per drive. So a half a point less per drive than they've been averaging, but averaged about two and a half points per drive. So even though they're giving up more um, yards per drive, they're giving up fewer points per drive, in part, I think, aided by the turnovers and some um, fourth fourth down stops. And as I mentioned, I'll give myself a little shout out here because I mentioned what was my key to the game about what, how the Packers would win if they pressure got more pressures Goff, on Goff. Than, than, yep, than Love got pressure More than the, Lions, than, than the Lions pressured Love. So that, that turned out to be, be true. They outpressured them 26 to 15. Yeah. And... Just Goff was Goff was running for his life back there. They they had they had him moving off his spot a lot. There were multiple plays where I saw Kenny just pushing the guard back eight yards into the backfield. I was like, ooh, that's a man right there. But yeah, what a great performance, offense and defense for the Packers in this one. Anything else you wanted to talk about on defense, Dad? I you know, secondary wasn't great in this one. Oh, this is who we need to talk about. Jonathan Owens. Jonathan Owens played the game of his life in this one the four the the scoop and score fumble the tackle on Amon Ross St. Brown on third oh when he just six. when he just flattens him a no, couple comes, comes no, in no not, oh, not that one the one on the right sideline in the like around the Packers 26 yard line it's like third and seven and they're clearly just trying to gain yards to set up fourth and short and so they're running a little quick screen to Amon Ross St. Brown on the right side and Owens is all over it tackles him for a one yard loss Obviously, there's also that massive hit that like probably would have been like an eight-yard run, but Owens comes in and just obliterates the ball carrier for like a four-yard gain instead. Fun play, setting the tone, but the the tackle on Amon Ra and the scoop and score, I think were probably his two biggest plays of the game. Uh, he was very good in this one. Best game as a Packer. It only makes me think, and this is a section that's like things we're thinking about, is who are the starting safeties when everyone is healthy? 
Where do they go? What is best for the team this year and what is best for the team going forward? For me, I feel like it has to be like Anthony Johnson and Rudy Ford. But it's hard for me to say that when, you know, Savage was playing pretty well and Jonathan Owens is is making plays out there and and they need playmakers on this defense because they kind of have a deficit of, you know, guys who will get after the ball. I think it has to be Savage. Um, because we're still gonna we're still got a chance to get in the get in the playoffs and do something in this this thing. But then who's the number two? I mean, you are got, you sure you it has to Ford. be Savage? Ford has been noticeably better than Savage this entire year. Well, I guess say Ford has had a good year this year. Um I thought Savage was playing I have to go back and check to see whether this holds up to my first first impression. I've been playing pretty yeah. playing better ball this playing better ball this year than last year anyway. Yeah, that was that's for sure. Certainly yes. I just think it comes down to I think to me, it's two pieces. I want to see Anthony Johnson Jr. get reps so that we have a safety next year on the roster who has taken he's the snaps only one before. under contract. He's the only one under contract. Uh, and then I would like to see Ford because Ford has been the best safety. And so that's how I get to those two. I don't know if it's fair to Savage or Owens, but that's just my thought. Um, but Dad, should we move on to special teams and wrap this thing up? Because well, I had just had one more thing. It's almost a special teams thing that makes us think like, doesn't it seem like we give up two point conversions? Two point conversions like crazy. all the time. Yes, they gave up two of them in the end to to, to get it down to a a one score game. I will find um, a way. Just not that last one. Find a way. Still a two point. So, I was going to say I will find a way to blame Basaccia for this. Don't you worry. I'll find. I'll find but, a way. It's clearly Basaccia's so, fault. So the the Packers are giving up success on three and a fourth, seventy five percent this year. The league average last year was forty nine point two percent. Um, over the last. Three years, four no four seasons. Green Bay has given up the two point conversion twelve out of sixteen attempts for seventy five percent success rate. The four seasons hotel or the four seasons uh, plumbing and uh, and landscaping. <laughs> anyway, this is more uh, like the four seasons plumbing and landscaping in this case. I think yes. uh, is how how they're performing on on, on this but, uh, yeah, two point defense. It's such a small sample size that it's like probably a little noisy but at the same time it does seem a little easy doesn't it and then when we went for two we ran the philly special and it just did not have it did not have it it, it at all it was it was was not it was not special what was wilder that play or the like throwback to aaron jones third down from last week or two weeks ago that where oh from dontavian wicks yes which was crazier which was a weirder play I, I just don't know. We're pulling out bag of tricks stuff, which I get because it's like you're at a bit of a talent deficiency. But, you know, I guess, you know, you love them when they work. You hate them when they don't. It is what it is. It's like Dan Campbell going for fourth downs. I'm sure Lions fans love it when they get them and I have, have questions when it loses them a game like it did this one. <laughs> Dad, let's move to special teams, though, and wrap this thing up. We're going a little long. Um, Special teams. Missed the PAT. Missed a 63-yarder. Almost looked like we were going to have a recreation of the Iron Bowl. I I was legitimately worried he was going to return that sixty three yard. Yeah, well, field goal then, for and then it happened later. Well, I guess not the same day. It happened on Friday um, between the Jets and the Dolphins. But I thought we well, were going to see that. He's, he's running. It's like, can somebody can somebody tackle this guy to make sure this doesn't happen? Shout out watch to watch this play unfolds. Chased him down. Yeah, but but um, uh, it, besides that, they also I like they for that uh, the stop of the fake punt on fourth down they they clogged up the side the offense's right side so he had nowhere to go and lucas van ness hustles down the line to tackle him in the backfield so they can't get anywhere i I, their punting was even though you know as unfortunate they had to punt so many times late in the game they only had four punts overall for the for for the game and and all four 
they had what one at the three, two at the nine, and one at the fifteen. Yeah. Um. So he was pin. Um. Williams did a good job of uh, pinning the Lions deep. Yeah, he didn't. Oh, I would say an okay job of pinning the Lions deep. I think to me, if you're punting from the opposing territory, like I expect you to get it inside the twenty. I would like you to get it inside the ten. And he did that a couple of times. But... Well, he got three. He got three of them. Three of them inside the ten. That's true. That's true. But, three or four. You know, that's not bad. That's true. That's true. But anyway, and it was. But it, I will give a shout out to uh, was that I think um, Robert Rochelle. Rochelle, Rochelle yes, sprinting down, so, and so throwing sprint it back, down, yes. and get that knowing he's not going to be able to maintain his balance and throwing it back into the field to play. So it gets yeah. down there Packers, near the goal line. Packers won the position battle, like or the the field position battle very, very much so in this game. It was a big, another, like maybe not bigger, but another quieter reason as to why they won this game. Uh, I was just going to say, you know, the Lions were coming after him on trying to get punt blocks over and over and over and over and over again, and they didn't give up any. So that's a that's a, a thumbs up to Bisaccia's squad. I thought that the missed extra point, just to touch on it one more time, I thought the snap was bad again. I feel like Orzix had multiple snaps where I'm just like, you're putting that on Whelan's right hip, dude. Just like, Snap it up the middle. I, it remains a mystery to me how there are not 32 people in the world who can like seamlessly snap it just straight back. And he was supposed to be one of the better snappers in the league, him. too. Paid him a good well, amount of money. Yeah. But, and, he, and he's mostly been fine, but I think it's just like a few weeks where, you know, Carlson's had some misses that I, I just thought the snap was not good enough and could have been a, certainly a lot better. And to be fair, like, you know, he could deal with poor snaps better. Um, and I think that just probably comes with time and reps. And and he could certainly it's it's not an unmakeable kick, but it's just, I think the situation is becoming harder for him uh, because of the, the snaps being difficult. Um, not not absolving him of all blame. Uh, you certainly need to make your extra points, but at the same time, you'd like for the rest of the operation to be good as well. Anything else on special teams, Dad, or do you got your player of the game? So you want to go first, with the player we'll of the go game first. Uh, some transparency i texted my dad after this game i said one of our players of the game is rashawn gary and the other one is jordan love you can pick who uh i'm just gonna go with love uh great game best game of the year for him we talked all about how impressive that performance was he was pretty much the not only did he play well he was the engine of the offense which i think is not usually something you could say about a first year starter where like they are the reason the offense is doing what they're doing not playing with a lot of stars not playing with much of a running game getting pressured a lot, not taking sacks, not taking negative plays. Really impressive day from him. And dad, Rashawn Gary, they, I'm sorry I pigeonholed Rashawn you Gary. picking a player, but it had to be Gary. <laughs> but he 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 wrecked the Lions offense. He you know, made plays that directly led to Packers points. Yeah. He, from the defensive he, side. Exactly. He, he essentially scored seven points for the Packers, and it was a seven-point game. So that's just math. But anyway, Gary and Love... The D line and the and the coaching, all around, just such a strong performance from the Packers against a strong opponent, the eight and two Lions, now eight and three, uh, leading in the NFC North, a team that beat the crap out of you the last time you played on a short week with half your players out and seventeen more on the injury report. What a gutsy win to be up for most of the game. No one thought they had a chance, and yet they won. One of the most satisfying wins of the Matt Lafleur era. Thank you again, listeners, so much for listening. If you like what you heard here today, come give us a follow on Twitter at FatherSonPacker. We tweet out whenever we have new episodes, stats we find interesting, et cetera, et cetera. And come subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice, whether that's Apple, Apple Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you can find us. Uh, we even put all our episodes out on YouTube. If you want to subscribe to us there, it would really help our numbers. 
Thank you again so much for watch- for listening. We'll be giving you guys a pregame for the Packers' upcoming matchup against the Chiefs uh, sometime this week, so keep your eyes out for that. And until next time, Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. <laughs>